Hey guys, welcome. We're your hosts, Hayley Young and Amy Keeble. Our heart is to encourage you, add joy to your life, and be a small reminder that you're not in this crazy motherhood journey alone. We have each other, and most importantly, we have God every moment, every day. We are super excited to have our very close friend Liz here. I have two children. Uh, and I have a 16 year old also. My name is Liz. I'm married to Josh. I got married when I was just 21. I'm obviously Anna. It has been very easy, apart from about four years of sleep got deprivation. Our little um, so I'm constantly going, I gotta lean hard into Jesus today. The privilege so really, of walking through a number of different life I've seasons with so her. I place so much pressure on myself to be perfect. You need to remember it's just a season. It's a this time. conversation has been so encouraging. Amazing. Thank you for stepping out of your comfort zone. And this is our this And this is our village. Hello, Haley. How are you going? I'm really good. How are you? Good. I, seriously, every week it's exactly the same tone. And <laughs> hello, Haley. How are you going? It's just or I say it the same. Hey, Amy. Yeah, we could make a more <laughs> time doing? It and it would just be a fun little <laughs> beautiful thing. Anyway, good. Yes, good. Are you good? Yeah, yeah, I am too. We were just talking about how do we do these intros because we're we've decided to record the intros like the week or the fortnight that the podcast is mm. being released rather than when we're sitting with the person we're interviewing, because yes. we have to obviously do that in advance um, so that we can edit it and fit into their schedules. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're just talking about how do we do this? And the hellos at the start kind of feel as awkward as yeah. the, how do we make this <laughs> intro relevant? Maybe we need a, Maybe we need like some kind of catchphrase or something that just... Hey. <laughs> and by the end of this, is our catchphrase is going to be, hello, Haley. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you're all used to it by now. And yes. we are too, so we're fine. We're and thank fine. you to those that are listening for being our early listeners yes. and being with us through the awkwardness yeah. of us working out how to do a podcast. Exactly. Even the way I just said that was awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Such oh. is life. You don't want to be too polished or it's not very fun. That's true. Mm. That's true. What was the best part of your week? I feel like something really good happened this week, but I can't think what it was. Is that really depressing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm actually at my mum's for the weekend. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. So my mum and my sister are staying at our house with our kids and Blair and I are staying at my mum's house, which is literally 10 minutes away from my house, but it's just a little getaway. And if you listen to last oh, the last yeah, episode, yeah. we talked about how that didn't go ahead because your kids are sick mm-hmm. and now it's happening. Luckily, no one is sick. Maybe tonight they'll get sick, but it doesn't matter because we're here and <laughs> we'll just push through. And your mum was so sweet. You were saying to me, like, they had a bad night's sleep last night mm. and you're saying to your mum, I don't know how it's going to go. And she's mm. like, it's just one night. And I thought, what a good mum. Yeah, yeah but, it's a gift. Yeah, it really Even is. Even if they are sick or they don't sleep, she loves them and she'll make sure they're okay. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, me too. What was the highlight of your week? The weather. If you are in Melbourne Mm. and um, you won't know what week I'm talking about by the time this episode comes (laughs) out. One of the weeks. (laughs) But it is um, mid-June-ish and we have had the most spectacular winter Mm. week. Maybe not for the environment. I don't know. But it's been like 18 degrees every day, sun Mm. shining. Um, It's just been Nice, clear skies. Yeah. Going on a walk with a few friends, going to playgrounds. It's been stunning i am relieved because we got our gas bill <laughs> which was not great because I've it was so cold people at the beginning about of june people's power bills and mm. gas bills because they're home and it's been cold and yeah home being home that's a big one i've never used okay well actually i shouldn't say that because we've only been in our house for less than a year so that's <laughs> probably why but we've never had heating at nighttime mm. in any house we've been in and in the well, the beginning of june when it was really cold mm-hmm. There was multiple nights where I, I woke up at three or whatever, and it was so cold. Mm-hmm. I had to turn it on because the kids who are in, you know, blankets and sleeping bags and whatever, but the, like it just would wake them up every night. Mm. So our gas bill was massive. We haven't got ours yet. Mm. It's not a fun one. No, it's going to be high. That's okay. Part of living in Melbourne. And then it actually is. this week I was walking with a friend. She's like, this is like a New South Wales winter or Queensland winter. And then I thought, why do we live in Melbourne? But yeah, do love lots about Melbourne and our family and friends. Yes. Weather, but, not so much. Mm. This weather is actually my favorite weather in the whole world. I love this mm. kind of cold, fresh, clear. 
And I love that about Melbourne. And that's kind of when I think back to highlights when I was in PNG and I'd be like dreaming of Melbourne. This is what, this is <laughs> yes. what I think of. The smell in the air, that sort of thing. You always want what, what you, you don't, don't have. have. Yeah. yeah. But yes, the cold, really cold, really dreary days are not so fun. Yeah. No. Yeah. Especially oh. with little kids getting in and out of cars. Or, yeah, working out what to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Well, in today's episode, we chat with the beautiful Lynn Wake. Mm. She has been a family friend of Amy's for many years. And we worked out at the start of this conversation that she met my parents at the same time that they met um, yes, at a Youth for right. Christ camp. So she has known us both our whole lives mm. and she's a beautiful, faith-filled woman um with a heartbreakingly beautiful story and so she shares in this episode about losing a teenage daughter to cancer and um, she beautifully shares about how god has been through that journey and it was a privilege to talk Mm. to her about Mm. this so we both had the privilege of spending um, quite a bit of quality time with bethany while she was sick and Haley especially just had a really special bond with her during that time. And she actually got to share at her celebration service. So Lynn, thank you for being with us today. We are so honored to be talking to you. Well, thanks for having me today, girls. And the honor's mine, um, knowing you both uh, for a long time and seeing how you're both beautiful young mums and uh, yeah, the impact you've had on my life and family. And yeah, it's just, it's really special to be here, part of... um, this is our village. Thank you so much, Lynn. And as we already know you and your family, this is more for our listeners, but would you mind starting just by introducing yourself and your family to us a little bit? Sure, Amy. Well, I was born and bred in Melbourne, and so is my husband, David. And we met at Diamond Valley Baptist Church, and David's a little bit younger than me, so people are ah. a bit surprised that we got together. <laughs> How many and, years? Uh, oh, well, he always is two, but it's really, really? only 17 months. Oh. <laughs> That is two years younger than me. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a bit of a cradle snatcher. <laughs> I, I think it's been... It's been I have never been. noticed and no one <laughs> would ever have noticed unless they knew. Yeah. That's it. So, yeah, I um, yeah, just a bit met it first kind of fell frame on his baptism, actually. Oh, he, cri- he cried very spiritual. He cried his eyes out. Oh. And he was so embarrassed at that time. But for oh. me, that was just like a real tender moment. And I thought, yeah. oh, that man really loves Jesus, doesn't he? Mm, and then beautiful. so I noticed, you know, him a couple of years later and thought, oh, that, that boy's kind of, yeah, becoming a man. And, you know, it's, so, so we've been cute. married nearly 32 years now. So That's awesome. very wow. special. So 22 years ago, we joined Wycliffe Bible Translators. And so we're still working there out at Kangaroo Ground. Uh, David's the deputy CEO there, and I support him in that. Uh, so that's that's taken us to uh, Papua New Guinea and living in your house, Amy. Yes. Um, <laughs> and time at the same we time shared or... together. No, no, we um, we swapped because we came back yeah, to Melbourne, and I don't right. know if we lived in your house at that stage. Yeah, we I think we did. Yeah, we lived in your yeah. house, and you lived in our house. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we planned it. Yeah, so we didn't actually overlap. Ver- I think we were there <laughs> no, in your grandpa for a little very while short. together. Yeah, six months or something. Yeah, mm. yeah. So that was really good. Um, so in that time, we had we had four children. Um, blessed, been blessed with four amazing kids, mm. and uh, they loved their time in Papua New Guinea. Yeah being Wycliffe kids in that time. So we have James, who's married to the lovely Melissa. They live over in the western suburbs. And James is an osteopath and a pastor, trying to have a... um, uh, But mostly a pastor now with this COVID-19 things have happened that the senior pastor there has left. And so James has had to step into a bigger role and uh, osteo was just starting. So anyway... Um, he's he's doing really well there. And Melissa's a dance teacher, trying to do all that online at the moment with the COVID. That's it's a bit hard. tricky yeah, absolutely. trying to do dance class, but, you know, she's managing well. So they're there and, and doing really well. We've got Rachel at home with us, and she's doing nursing and midwifery. Absolutely loves it. Mm-hmm. And, again, just learning a lot through this uh, COVID-19 season, going into hospital placements and things. And then we have Nicole, who's probably the most uh, challenged at the, this moment because she's got to year 12 oh, wow. from our oh, kitchen goodness. table. But um, <laughs> I think she's supposed to be going back to school soon. But, mm-hmm. 
got mixed feelings about that too now because mm. she's sort of getting used to doing school in her pajamas. Yep. She's loving it. I've yeah. heard that. <laughs> I would feel the same. I know, but the school's been really sweet. They've said um, that they can, for the rest of the term, go come to school each day in their school uniform, uh, school the sports uniform. Oh, good. So Get that they can be comfortable. That's know, very but, then, nice. but then they said. In term three, back to normal. <laughs> Easing oh, them funny. into it. Easing them. It into would have been school. nicer if they said they could come in their pajamas. Because that would have been really <laughs> well, good. Well, <laughs> that's you know that's right. <laughs> um, and of course, yeah, we um, we still say we have four children because mm-hmm. we believe uh, our Bethany's very much alive mm-hmm. um, with Jesus, but not with us present at the moment. So, um, yeah, very very blessed that. There's still an ongoing legacy with Bethany's life, but we miss her with us. Yeah, absolutely. Would you mind sharing um, a bit more about the details of um, her cancer journey and um, how that unfolded? Sure, yeah. Well, I've got memories of her catching the bus, actually, Hayley, to go off to Diamond Valley to Mm. youth group there, and she would have been 13, 14 then. Yeah. And um, it was just before, you know, it was just, just before she turned 15 um, Mm. that she got sick. Um, So she was experiencing some very weird symptoms. Yeah. um, That nobody knew, you know, she'd lost, she was numb on one side of her body, Mm -hmm. had an emergency appendix operation, but nothing was actually wrong, just Mm. weird pains all over her body. And finally was admitted to the children's hospital on her 15th birthday. Mm. And it took another three weeks, um, for the doctors to finally decide that a brain biopsy was the only way they were going to find out what the shadow on the brain was. And they they had said to us, actually, that there was like one chance in a million that it would be this very um, aggressive brain cancer, but they didn't think it would be that because there's many other things that mm. the MRI was could, could be showing. And because she'd been in Papua New Guinea the year before, they were checking all sorts of mm, tropical yeah. diseases yeah. and things like that but uh, I remember the the brain biopsy we were out in the park just near the children's hospital and we were um, singing that song great is thy faithfulness which is the song that we sang at her dedication Mm. just remembering that God was faithful no matter what the Mm. results came out to be and the results were that one in a million Mm. um, very aggressive um, brain tumor that sort of eats away at the structure of the brain. So it's not really a tumour as such, but like a yeah, disease that was eating away her brain. So, of course, as you can imagine, you know, it was a complete shock. Um, yeah. Although I think for me the shock hit uh, a few weeks before that when she was losing bodily function mm. pretty fast and I really thought that something must have been very serious. Mm. Um, but right from that moment when we got that diagnosis, Bethany made some pretty amazing declarations just mm. as a, a young believer mm. who'd been really growing in that last year. Um, she decided that, that only Jesus had authority over her life, whether to give life, take it away, um, that this was where the rubber met the road, that if he was real and she had him, she had everything. And she just lived her the rest of the journey which was another year from almost a year from that time Mm. she passed away just before her 16th Mm. birthday um and she just uh decided that you know if uh well she said to us actually straight away she said look are we going to be people who worship god uh, only when things are good or are we going to be like job who worshiped god through everything she said i want to be like job and boy she was tested in um, some ways like Job. Uh, we all were. Uh, but what a mixture of childlike decision. faith but mm. understanding the word as well deep, and deep um, yeah. Yeah. knowing what she believed. Yeah, yeah. I think you've really hit the nail on the head. We, we'd given her a Bible the year before um, and when uh, it was after she'd actually went to be with the Lord because it was only a small print Bible and see one of the first symptoms to go was she lost half mm. her eyesight mm. so we had to get her another Bible straight away a big print Bible mm-hmm. but when I look back on that Bible she had for her 14th birthday and in that journey everything that was underlined was all about suffering mm. and we just thought what 14 year old does that God mm. was preparing her yeah. um, and she had so that when this came when this child came she had already had a 
um, that res- made that resolution. I'm mm. going to worship him and love him no matter what. And um, and so he had been preparing and we didn't realise at the time. So she was able to be, um, well, the treatment really began in the hospital and got severe radiation and chemotherapy for the first five months. And then we were finally able to bring her home for mm. the last seven. You know, at, there was one point in that journey when she came home, she was complete hemiplegic. She'd lost one side of her body completely, but the tumour had sort of halted in its growth. And so there was, maybe for a month or two, we're thinking that perhaps it's going to stop and but now she'll live in this disabled condition for the rest of her life. But fairly soon we began to see that the deterioration, you know, was, was going to start on the other side as well. Mm-hmm. And then by, the, by Christmas the doctors came to us and said, um, you know, please say your goodbyes because as soon as the tumour affects the area of breathing, it could be very quick. Um, but you know, it ended up being still another like eleven or twelve weeks after that. That was probably the darkest part of the journey because she, by then, had had lost all um, ability to use her body really. Mm. Um, yeah, so it was a very heartbreaking journey. That's the only way I can describe mm, absolutely. it. But it was also beautiful because, mm. um, as you know. Um, People came from everywhere, and Bethany mm. was a very outgoing girl, yeah. wasn't she? She was extremely yeah. outgoing, loved people and God to the yeah. max. Her, her nickname was Max because mm-hmm. everything she did was to the max. I love that. Yeah. And so, you know, at one there was one story when there was a youth group had come from another church. To, they'd heard about Bethany and just had their church bus out the front, mm. about 25 to um kids out there with their leaders were all praying for Bethany had no expectation of coming in but she found out that out there <laughs> she's like bring them in bring them in so, and you're like oh. I me I meant more of an introvert I would be, I would be um, but I really Stay learned a lot in that, yeah. in that yeah that's it and she, she welcomed everybody in she didn't mm. want people to put photos of her on Facebook or anything like mm. that. But in person, she did not mind. She wanted anybody who wanted to come and mm. see her could see her. And, of course, seeing her, um, her, her condition wasn't great. Um, mm. And uh, the drugs and all the things that she had to go through meant that, you know, she had no, she lost her beautiful hair and, um, you know, droopy face and um, couldn't move half her body and, and yet everybody who visited her said there was something beautiful. Absolutely, yeah, there, there really was. You know, that there was a beauty there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Hayley, I, I wasn't, I just, this has come to mind and I just thought I'd share this because um, you were the one that Bethany shared with uh, before she got sick, just about some of her um, struggles with eating and body image mm-hmm. and things like that. And she didn't share that with us until... Um, when she was going through the cancer journey. Mm. And it's just really interesting that God seemed to have healed her from those sort of insecurities and issues mm. um, so that she was really so free during mm. that time as, as only a 15-year-old and, and really did radiate a beauty that wasn't mm. really anything to do with physical beauty, but it was just this... Now the Bible talks about outwardly we're wasting away, but inwardly we're being renewed every day, and we just mm. saw that before our eyes, really. Yeah. Um, a beauty that came forth from her spirit that touched people deeply uh, so that they could say that a, a girl who was had a puffy face and no hair was beautiful, you yeah. know, and it was a real beauty of Jesus coming through. So it was a very um, – she had – a confidence about her that was almost beyond her years mm-hmm. um, and a surety of who she was and who she was yep. in that that came through. That's right. To the point where there were some of her younger friends visited her and not a lot of them could, to be honest. They were only 15, mm-hmm. you know, and they were in shock of what was happening to their friend. But there's a few who did come and she would end up praying for them, saying well, yeah. they're, str- they're struggling with what I was struggling mm. with, you know, yeah. and they're bound up. You know, oh, one, one girl came in, she said, Mum, her legs are as skinny as her arms. Let's pray for her right now. <laughs> <laughs> so 
she was sort of very aware of that. Mm. And she's like kind of been set free from that, um, what people thought of her and that image and everything. So that mm. was pretty powerful. Absolutely. Um, and yet the mystery that we have in that, that God did some real healing there for her. But, of course, we were crying out for physical healing. Yeah. Of course mm. we wanted him to heal her miraculously of this brain cancer and restore her and have an amazing testimony, you know, of what God could do when no one else could help her. Um, it's a different sort of testimony that she's got now. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. So, you know, while we were sitting together in that year, we kept a journal and because Bethany couldn't write, oh, oh, we were just keeping a daily journal, you know, what mm. is Jesus teaching you? And People would send us verses, people would... Um, you know, call us and in our own discovery we'd be finding these amazing promises and she was, it was like, uh, you know, we'd given her this, the seeds of faith as a young child but like this was the time that she, they, those seeds had just grown mm. and they were blossoming mm. and she kind of grabbed that baton of faith and she ran ahead of us, you know, we were looking to her. It's not to say she didn't have days where, she needed um, a lot of strengthening mm. in faith as well. But overall, she really had this uh, real gift of faith from God to, and a sense of his presence that we often didn't feel and mm. she was often able to encourage us. And uh, so we kept this journal, which was, you know, pretty hard to, to do, but it was something that brought a lot of healing to me going through that. Mm. Um, I started the, the very next day after... She went home to be with wow. Jesus. Mm. And from that came, you know, the devotional book, Heartbreakingly Beautiful, yeah. which, um, because that was her heart, she wanted to share with those who didn't have hope. She knew all around the world people were going through these kind of trials mm. and sufferings, but they did not have hope. They did not have God's word to encourage them with what the truth of, you know, the reality of our situation in Christ is. And mm. she wanted to share that. Um, so it has, it's come to fruition that there's a, a devotional book that uh, can help people going through trials with, mm. when they're facing a lot of uncertainty and traumatic situations. Um, and God has used that to help a lot of people uh, yeah. bring some healing and comfort to their lives. Uh, it's, it's hard to read again. It's heartbreaking, mm. but it's beautiful as mm. well. It is. Mm. It is. And people need that we're all going through things that we don't know how to navigate and we need yeah we need that hope Mm. absolutely hope is is huge and um for me my journey then i've I've had to i've learned i've had to feed that hope you know it's a hope that just needs to be living and active but we need to feed it through god's word need to be in places where we're um yeah really keeping that hope alive because uh through traumatic loss you can very easily, very easily fall into despair. Gravity mm. kind of, everything pushes you into yeah. that place. But to have people around lifting up and to have uh, God's word just deeply speaking to those places. You know, Jesus is hope. He, mm. is, he is our hope. He himself is our hope. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. You've talked about a few things already that I think are ways that God carried you through Um this uh, through losing a child Mm. in terms of Bethany's strength and um, her encouragement Mm. through your community that you just shared um, their prayers through the word of God but how did your relationship with God um, Mm. work at that time Mm. Um, how were you able to sit with him I guess Mm. and has it changed from then wow Good question. <laughs> just a small question. Just a little bit. <laughs> oh yes, that was definitely the long dark night of the soul. Um, mm. Whereas uh, when we we're sitting with Bethany, I often did feel God's presence and mm-hmm. and that hope. I walked out of the room and went for a walk or tried to spend time with the other kids and sort of the reality would hit then and God yeah. seemed far, far away from mm. me at that time. Um, so, yeah, there were some pretty hard times. Mm. Uh, there's an oval near our house and I went and screamed several times, you know, out to God whether he could actually hear us um, in the middle of that oval where I thought no one no one would call the police if I was screaming. <laughs> <laughs> um 
but truly it was, I, I saw different members in the family and how we all, uh, you know, walked that differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and while all of us did walk it in faith, some felt more of a tangible presence and some really didn't. And um, it's been a journey for every single one of us in coming to terms with, with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but one thing that really has really helped me, um, so I guess going back to the original question, car- carrying, there were very much times when you felt like underneath of the everlasting arms. I'm not going to fall into despair because somehow God's got this. Um, but other times just the, the, the sorrow and the, the actual trauma of what she was going through, mm. um, the constant vomiting and mm. the, the illness, you know, the, the itself, just it did seem so often that God was, was not hearing our cry, you know, to alleviate our immediate situation, you know. Mm. Um, so his scriptures for... for for the promise of restoration and the promise of what was to come very much upheld us to help us to see that that the suffering we're going through was temporary. Um, That kind of was was the hope for the future, I guess. Mm. Um, But I had to learn to live, have some hope for today as well, you know. And so uh, after her loss, I guess, you know, again, um, and I am actually writing a devotional book now for that journey of loss um, to help mm. others go through that because that's been a, you know, a nine-year, going on for ten-year mm. journey now mm-hmm. for me. And um, I know the Lord has taught me a lot of things, but I'm still le- very much learning. But one real breakthrough, I think, came. It was actually at, a, at the Vine um, mm. women's camp, Amy, Yeah. Um, maybe about two years after Bethany had passed. And there was a real experience I had there where... Um, there was the, the speaker was talking about the um, Syrophoenician woman, if you remember that story in the Bible, and how she just begged Jesus to heal her daughter, and Jesus walked by, and it was uh, he walked past her like ignoring her, and I just it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah. That's that's how I feel. I feel like this Gentile woman who begged on her knees, Jesus, heal my daughter. And yet he walked on by. Mm. But then reading the rest of the story, you know, just was really healing because I began to see that it wasn't through his lack of care, um, wasn't through his lack of compassion. He had a much greater purpose in mind. Um, mm. But for this woman, you know, what, is, what did he do? He drew out her faith because she kept following. She kept after him and she kept following even when he seemed to have walked by <laughs> and ignored her plea. Um, and yeah, he did heal her daughter, and he did he did amazing things. But for me, it just helped me to see that what he did for Bethany and what he's done for me wasn't ignoring our cries, but it was drawing out our faith. That's mm. the way I guess I, I view it now, and that's helped to carry me through um, that initial sense of abandonment that I felt when God yeah. didn't seem to be hearing our cry. Um, but to see now, you can... You do know a lot more in hindsight, don't you? When I look back mm. now, I see how much he carried us through, mm. through his people. Mm-hmm. You know, it might, might not have been that miraculous um, healing or, you know, two people, including Bethany, like saw an angelic kind of vision, mm. you know, like they saw an angel in her room. Wow. I didn't see that. Yeah. You know, I didn't see anything like that. But I believe these people, that mm. that's what they needed. Mm. But somehow Jesus was drawing out my faith even when I didn't see these miracles. And um, and something is so precious to him, I think, in knowing that you would just keep following, you keep loving him, even when you don't see that immediate need met and you still keep trusting. And um, he loves that and mm. he's drawn out our faith, you know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think there's... Um there's a part of us that thinks that he does things to us to always test us in that way, yeah. in an, in like a power-hungry way. Yeah. But it's yeah. I I think what you said is really beautiful because it's it's not him being like, I'm going to make this person suffer to see no. if they love me. It's him saying, no. you're suffering and that breaks my heart, but I love that you're following me even though you can't see. That's right. The, you That's don't right. see the result you want. You don't see... Yeah, mm-hmm. from your perspective. 
That's yeah. Really cool. And Bethany seemed to get that a lot earlier, a mm. lot earlier than me. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm still learning that. And I think that's that's really because she was went through that intense period. You know, she had to learn things that some of us have the privilege of 80 mm. years to yeah. learn where she had just went through this really intense time to learn these things mm. and things were stripped away and she just learned mm. that's not important but this is yeah, and yeah. she had to learn that at a very young age and very. it was God-given wisdom. Absolutely. Um, and, but she had put herself in that place of learning and being teachable mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, she really, all she wanted, you know, was um, when she was only 14, you know, around the time she was being discipled by you, Haley, she went to a... Um, a youth event in the city. I'm not sure if you were there, like a big Youth Alive event, you know, mm-hmm. where there's 10,000 kids. She comes home, she'd heard this incredible testimony, and she said, Mum, all I really want in my life is an amazing testimony that will give glory to Jesus. That's all I really want. Wow. <sighs> yeah, yeah. And that's what I want too. But, yeah, yeah often we have that, that story that comes out of things that mm. are really hard. So... You know, for me, um, yeah, I, I definitely, that relationship with God has changed. Mm. I, I definitely loved him and his word. That's why we joined Wycliffe, you know, all those years mm-hmm. ago. And But, uh, you know, now his His word and the relationship with him is just, yeah, it's life and breath. It's, it's I can't can't do life without, yeah. it's not an optional extra anymore. Mm. Yeah. You know, I would not have been able to survive that mm. loss and then, you know, helping my family to heal and, um, yeah, I wouldn't be healed to the degree I am now without him mm. and I'm able to function and, and live <laughs> without that. And as a certain, um, as a real solidarity in the sufferings with Jesus that's come mm. now that I didn't have before, um, an understanding of, you know, when he talks about take up your cross and follow me, I didn't really have that before. Mm. But now I've got much more of an understanding of what that means. Mm-hmm. So following really closely on from that and your journey through this time and, and how God carried you through it, how did you see, I guess, Je- Bethany's journey with cancer and her passing impact on your marriage? Mm. Well, I always say I married the best man in the world. Mm. <laughs> That's true. He's been a gift to me. Um, and that love for Jesus that I saw mm. when he was just a teenager, you know, that has, he, he's he got that childlike faith like Bethany had, mm. you know. Um, he didn't have the same questions I did um, about where God was and if God had let us down and mm. if God cared at all about our situation. Um, he's had other issues, you know, to deal with, with mm. his faith. Uh but he's been such an encouragement to me that, um, and we decided very early, you know, um, when she got the diagnosis, we were both, you know, pretty well in shock and had a few people really praying into our marriage at that time and mm-hmm. we made a real decision, we've got to do this together. Mm-hmm. And then after her passing, um, we were doing it together, but I noticed I was just emotionally pulling right away from mm. him. And um, it's not something I've talked about much at all, but I went uh, on a prayer retreat about 18 months after and the Lord quite uh, strongly showed me um, through a picture and someone else praying for me what was sort of going on and that I was really, con- I had a lot of fear, um, mm. had a lot of fear that my that might happen again to mm-hmm. my other children um i had fear that if i really walked the journey closely with david his own his own grief would definitely drown me you know mm-hmm. i could only handle my own mm. that's what i was thinking you know and i see now those those kind of things were lies and they were mm. fears that were really starting to grab hold of me so there was starting to be a distance in our marriage um i came home from that prayer retreat and just had to really lay it out to him you know, and say sorry that I had actually emotionally pulled away from him because I didn't feel I had the strength um, to w- grieve myself as well as him trying to help him. Yeah. But, 
you know, God in his mercy, in his kindness, he gave me this picture and it was of um, of the valley of the shadow of death. And uh, it was this, I, I haven't had many what I'd call sort of um, supernatural dreams or pictures through the time, but I've just had a, I've just had, you know, two or three that have actually felt very significant. And this was one of them. And this one was uh, a picture of uh, Bethany on one with one hand holding Jesus and me on the other hand side. So we were separated, but we were united because of him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the beautiful pictures. But then it was like that David and I came to the end of the, the valley, the shadow of death, and it was a huge, huge cliff that we had to somehow climb out of. Mm. And there's only a little speck of light at the top of that valley. And how on earth are we going to, you know, and, and by that stage I couldn't see God anywhere, mm. you know. And he, he just gave me this beautiful picture that it was okay for me to take David's hand and we could ascend this together. Mm-hmm. And where Jesus was actually was behind us, pushing us up, mm. you know, holding us, holding yeah, us. That's beautiful. And that I could sort of rest and lean into that. Mm. Take David's hand. I wasn't going to be drowned and fall in that grief because Jesus had me here. Mm. And, you know, it took about three and a half years, I would say, till I felt like we'd got to that space again mm-hmm. where we were and, and what he did for us then was beautiful. He opened up the way and just said, now there's a big green pasture. I want you to mm. to just go to graze in that. Um, and, and so they were yeah, some, beautiful, some beautiful imagery that helped me to know, okay, I don't know where you are, but that picture that you've got me, mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to fall and it's okay to take David's hand and we can mm-hmm. do this together has really helped us to just yeah, keep growing in our marriage and do it together. Because, yeah. you know, the truth is you do grieve differently. You do, Different yeah. personalities yeah. and being a man and a woman mm-hmm. is different. And David's grief has centred a lot more around not protecting his daughter and not mm-hmm. being able to do as much for her in her sickness and feeling he's let God down, whereas mm-hmm. my grief was more centred around God's let me down. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Um, they're all the different things we've worked through together. Mm. So one day it hasn't it's happened a little bit now, but one day we have a hope that we'll be able to minister to other couples mm. um, in a more formal way who've yeah. lost children because, you know, apparently the statistics are very, very terrible. Yeah. You know, for those who've gone through traumatic Absolutely. loss for marriages yeah. to be really Sawn a thunder, in a torn asunder as well, mm-hmm. um, because it is just so, um, yeah, horrible. Yeah, <laughs> um, on all the relationships, and then you're dealing with the other kids as well, yeah. and trying to what journey with them and stuff. And we certainly didn't do that perfectly. I, um, and yet, we just know now that they, all their other three children have got their stories of mm-hmm. God ministering to them, even when their parents couldn't. Mm. be there for them in the way they wanted to. God mm. has has been there and is there for them now. Mm. So they're all still journeying that as well. Mm. What beautiful testimonies they must have, though, because mm-hmm. how can you do that perfectly? Like you, you said, we didn't do yeah. that perfectly, but no, you can't no, be can't. prepared for that. Yeah. You can't no. know what's right no. at the moment. But no. such a testimony for all of us that when there's a gap that God mm. is more than capable He's, yeah, of filling exactly. that gap, like that is... Uh, yeah, I had to come to that point because, you know, when the kids they all come to me with different things that, you know, they're, they're all beautiful in the way they mm. said it, but that, you know, they might have felt abandoned or that we weren't. We tried to ship them out to other people. You know, they're only pretty young, mm-hmm. the, the girls, and, you know, go and have a play date with someone. And, you know, we tried to distract them and, and mm. help them to feel a bit normal, but they wanted to be with us too and... You know, mm. they were with Bethany and us, but not always. And mm. so there was things there. But coming to terms with that, to realise, as you said, I'm not a perfect parent. Mm-hmm. David's not a perfect parent, but we just kept pointing to the perfect parent. Yeah. yeah. And now, um, and they're trusting him. It's it's beautiful that mm. they can see. That's right. God is filling and still healing them mm-hmm. in their in in all of that their childhood trauma. Yeah. Mm. So we've got a few more questions that we had that 
I think we'll come back to in a bit more time, um, mm. potentially after your next book is released. We could have you back on to share about that and to talk about how your community supported you and how sure. um, I guess what you would say to a mum going through a similar loss or a loss of anything or waiting for mm. um, mm-hmm. God to answer a promise or a prayer. So watch this space, everybody. We'll come back <laughs> to this conversation in about a year. But we do have a few questions that we love to end each episode with. And um, we've found so far they've been super encouraging. So, Lynn, if you look back in at motherhood um, and if you could do it all again what is one way that you would be easier on yourself Mm. oh my oh well talking to my younger self I didn't realize just how much time I needed on my own to recharge Mm. I was living with an extrovert husband and in a ministry that involved a lot of people and felt guilty when I needed some time out so Mm. I would say to my younger self now uh, that it's okay, that that's how God's made you. If you uh, are introverted, extrovert, you know what the things are that recharge yeah. you and that it's okay to um, build that into your life. It's actually healthy and balanced. So I probably would have a few more healthy boundaries mm-hmm. um, around some of those things, but, you know, the, you don't know it at the time. So you don't. I'm not going to bag myself, you know, <laughs> I've yes. learnt it and I'm still learning those things, you know, that, that they're the things that recharge me to help me to have a, a healthy, balanced yeah. life. And and you often get out of balance and can't do it when you've got, you know, a young family. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, to be able to build in some of those things that will help you to keep um, vital, you know, spiritually, physically, emotionally, relationally, um, that it's okay to to do that. Um, Absolutely, you're not being selfish. You know that you actually need that so that you can keep ministering to your family and having a good marriage and yes. you know, blessing others around you. Yeah. yeah. So, I think that's what I would say to my younger self and as a young mum. <laughs> that's fantastic, and I love that. I think in asking these questions, um, people may not I guess if without hearing your answer they may realize five years down the track I should have carved out more time for myself so I could um, recharge but hearing you talk about this right now they may realize actually that's what I need and the Mm. gift of your retrospect um, Mm. might help someone make a change right now instead of down the track because as you said you don't know what you don't know and um, sometimes Mm. it's not until you look back or hear the right thing that you're like yeah that's how it could have been yeah Yeah. What is one thing looking back that you would have encouraged yourself to put more effort into or engaged with more? Hmm. It's funny because I I think, oh, I should have played with the kids more when they were young and, you know, um, done things like that. But that question kind of ties back into uh, who God made me to be too and Mm. how I was ministering to my kids because I would sing to them and read to them a lot. Um, and even now I'm still not a big games person, you know, but I still, what we do is read together and yeah. sing together. Uh, so it's interesting. So I think sometimes I could be a bit negative about myself looking back thinking, oh, maybe I didn't play with the kids as much as I should. Oh, I'll have to do that with the, when the grandkids come along. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it does tie in with the, with the next question. Um, so I think... Um, Finding out yeah, those those things that you're passionate about, and as as a, a lover of Jesus, just continuing to uh, find creative ways to just you know build those relationships, you know, with with uh, uh, you know with Jesus, with the kids, being just real and authentic with that. Um, and I think that you know you guys uh, as young mums now got a lot lot more resources in that way too mm-hmm. than we had. Now I've got them more, you know, as the kids are older um, and trying to make use of those too, just sort of uh, engage with some good resources and uh, make the use of the time in that Mm. way. So I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So how have you been? I mean, we've spoken a lot about how God's carried you through your time um, dealing with um, Bethany's journey and coming out of that. But how have you been connecting to him in the last year or so? in this current season of adult mm. parenting. 
<laughs> well, yeah, so I'm actually taking my, uh, the use of some of those resources, like listening to the Bible apps and mm-hmm. um, going, going on my walks, listening to good podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll have to listen to uh, some more of yours now, girl. <laughs> um, and uh, just sort of uh, intentionally kind of feeding myself with things like that. Um, you know, as I've got older, I have understood myself more and how I like to engage with God and so not feeling so guilty that yeah. um, I'm not engaging in the same way that other yeah. people. Mm-hmm. And I guess what I mean by that is just there seemed to have been sort of a, a set way that, that you had to, you know, get up at 5am and, yeah. um, you know, do. I'm not a morning person. I've always done better at night mm-hmm. um, or ha- having having my time with God like over lunchtime. Uh, that just so I, I I feel freer to do mm-hmm. that now that I'm older, you know. Yeah. Whereas I still know the value of you know starting off the day, obviously. Um, but I start off the day like you know with a prayer. Mm. Um, I love you, Lord. You know, um, you are my strength. Um, mm. I start off by saying, "I love you back, Lord." You know, just mm. just start with a with a acknowledgement as soon as I wake up, a psalm or something like that. Um, you know, just try and get into that habit mm. because then you know, it's very easy to just wake up with uh, plenty of other thoughts. So mm-hmm. yeah, before other thought, yeah, before other thoughts hit, just to mm. really try and to connect then intentionally. And I think, yeah, just finding ways to intentionally connect, you know. So for me, it, you know, I'm studying at Bible College mm. and loving listening to the lectures and, yeah, trying to, um, yeah, fill fill my mind. I need to, uh, in otherwise grief and despair does kind of take over. Um, and it's not just my grief and you know things too. There's a lot of grief going on around us, yeah. particularly right now. Absolutely, this season isn't there? There's a lot of people, pretty well everyone we know is going through something uh, mm-hmm. that we can be praying for. And um, but yeah, I do love my worship music too, and just mm. you know like to pop that on and. Crank it up as well. <laughs> What's your favourite song at the moment? Oh, I like Waymaker. Yes, yeah. that's a good one. <laughs> Great one. Although Rachel said the other day, Mum, I think that's going to be like one of those ones in the past where we'll overdo it. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, what's one of your favourite verses or scriptures? Maybe a mm. life scripture or mm. a right now scripture? Okay. Okay, um, it's going to sound like I'm like I do this all the time, but at the, at the moment I'm memorizing Romans eight. That's mm-hmm. my goal for the year. I've Good never job. done that before, but I keep going back to it all the time, mm-hmm. and it's been like a, a real go-to chapter for me. Romans eight. It's got so many precious gems, promises, mm-hmm. just you know, really painting the reality for for now and the future. Relationship with Father, Son, and Spirit. There's just so much hope in Romans eight. So I keep going back to it. So um, a friend and I, she's an American friend, and, and we're doing it together. Um, we're just trying to do it in the year. So the long verses, some of them are really long. We're giving ourselves two weeks, short yeah. verses, one week. And so at the moment we're, we're doing that. But this is my, um, my verse of the week now, which um, I'll read out to you. Verse 15 I'm up to. So you have not received a spirit. That makes you fearful slaves. Mm. Instead, you receive God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children, and now we call Him Abba Father. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. So I was going to talk a bit more about uh, the fears and everything, and uh, and not idolizing our children and mm. doing things like that. That that um, identifying where our fears come from. You know, when we when we're actually idolizing and putting mm. things mm. up, but. Yeah, that's for another day. That's for that. <laughs> Next conversation. <laughs> but things really. I've learnt there. So not just about idolising children, but anything, mm. you know, that we put above mm. above God, that's where our fears come from. Uh, so that's been some of the, the lessons. So that's that's my verse of this week that I'm trying to memorise. And uh, Romans 8, I think, is something that I'd recommend that mm. we get regularly into. It really helps to ground us and give us hope. Yeah, mm. it does. Mm. Well, maybe when we have you back on next year, um, you can yeah, recite, oh, recite it for us. Thanks, girls. <laughs> what am I setting myself yeah. up for? <laughs> we'll test you. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Uh, mm. Thank mm. you, Lynn. That's my pleasure.
So just to finish up, um, something that we haven't touched on, which has been a huge part of Bethany's legacy and her story is her blue box. And Mm -hmm. while she was sick, she was known for giving away things to those that visited her. I remember uh-huh. leaving one day with a teddy bear that was a gift yeah. to her that was, she had her shelf of gifts and she's like, which one would you like? Yeah. <laughs> and right. She was so generous. And mm-hmm. um, in that one of her friends, one of her good friends from youth group decided to give her a blue box that was only for her. She wasn't meant to give away what was in the box yet. She didn't um, follow what Erin said. (laughs) Um, She gave away what was in her blue box. And um, you have used that blue box as Mm -hmm. part of her legacy. And can you, I don't know if we can ask you to share quickly, but um, about what that is right now and how people could find out about um, contributing to that even if they would like yeah, to. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, so the blue box, um, there was a, we made a massive blue box at Bethany's uh, Thanksgiving service and mm. people gave over $12,000 wow. in that day. So we realised this here we can continue on um, with Bethany being able to give out from her blue box. So we have a legacy with CBM and with Wise Choices for Life. Um, the CBM legacy, and we've raised nearly $200,000 wow. to help women with obstetric fistula. Yeah. So Bethy heard about that when she was 14 and wanted to do something about it. So it's awesome that God's opened up the way for that, um, mm-hmm. been able to visit Tanzania and visit some of the ladies that um, the Blue Box helped. Mm-hmm. And that's um, ongoing now in Nigeria, a project there. So we can people can donate and give through CBM. Um and there's also a whole, uh, if you want to know more about our story and Bethy's story, there's a whole documentary now mm-hmm. that we're privileged to be able to make over in Nepal last year mm-hmm. for Miracles Day. And that just goes all through Bethany's story and just how God continues to use her life and legacy. So that's all. Uh, you can go to the uh, Be Blessings website, beblessings.com. Dash blessings.com mm-hmm. perhaps you could put that link up but yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right from there you can go straight to the to getting um bethany's devotional book uh, mm. to knowing about all her, all the various aspects of her legacy mm. yeah amazing well thank you so much for spending this time with us for sharing um, something so close to your heart and something that does bring pain but also um, a lot of joy and faith for us that hear you talk about Mm. that and I just pray that this conversation will be a blessing to those that hear it and that it will come at the right time uh, to the ears Mm -hmm. that need it and the hearts Mm -hmm. that need it Um, Mm. and that um, God will use your story Bethany's story your family's story to build faith to bring hope and to ultimately point people Mm. towards him and maybe back to him in a time that's hard so thank you for sharing thank you for giving us this time And until next time, this is Our Village. Thank you for joining us today on This Is Our Village. If you enjoyed the podcast, please remember to like, subscribe and review. And please share it with any mums that you think might benefit from this community. This is our village, but we'd love it to be your village too.